What's up, YouTube? It is I, Robert R. Ricks, and we will be doing uh, reading, reading, reading. Uh, yes, I did, Yak. I did check that out. I didn't get a chance to uh, really dive into it, but I did. All right. Uh, if I don't get this puppy started here, I am probably going to fall asleep just because uh, I was outside watering the lawn and whatnot and was sitting out in the sun and uh, sun cooked on me for a little bit. So I'm, I'm like sun fatigued right now. So let's, uh, let's just get right into it. All right. So we left off on chapter 22. Chapter 22. Lockdown. Utah Sanctum, 1.25 p.m., April 7th. Oh, April. Yeah, look at that. Cat had been doing her research, and Ethan had settled in and meditated. His mind wandered, and he saw a great tree that seemed to stretch beyond the sky. Its branches reached up deep into outer space. The branches were strong and healthy. He wondered if this was a top half of the tree that the oracle lived in. He reached out and touched one of the branches and it was warm, like he was touching a rough living arm of a person. It was an interesting sensation. He noted the bark seemed to move slightly as if it had responded to his touch. He thought back to the images that quickly had flashed in his mind when he briefly touched the judgment card and realized he had been on edge ever since. He brought the flashes back in his mind and focused. One image showed what looked like an angel fully emblazed with flames hurling down towards the earth, his face full of torment and anguish. Ethan wondered if the angel was Lucifer. Ethan, I am sorry to interrupt you. Ethan's eyes opened and he slowly shook his head. No worries, what's up? I think I have it all figured out. I think initially we should do a test run and put a few locations we're familiar with and we are familiar with and like in the rotation. Physical locations here on the Earth dimension and one in the astral. That way we can make sure the spells are right. That sounds good to me, he said as he stood and stretched. Let's hook them in. Let's hook them in your memory. Is there a couple locations you know that are remote, hard to get to? Ethan thought for a moment. Yeah, I have two that were hard to get to. One's in Hawaii and the other is in Italy. Hawaii and Italy. Yeah, when I was a little younger, I decided I should see the world and travel. I had a childhood friend who lived in a city called Waianae in Hawaii. There's an area called Kiau Ki Ridge that we hiked up to was amazing. In Italy, I was lucky enough to view some amazing remote vistas in Capri. You can see them clearly. Yes, do they need to be flat? No, we just used them as an anchor. We'll most likely be above them 50 or so feet and incorporeal to the physical. Unless they know where to look, they won't be able to see us. Yeah, if I know what Cat has in mind, you'll be like cloaked, like a predator. Light will shift slightly, but nothing noticeable, added Sparkles. Ethan nodded. That sounds good. Okay, how do we do the spell? 
first put the watch on the table. Sparkles, do you think you can sum us a quartz slab 14 inches wide by 16 inches long? That's a bit random and specific, but yeah. Sparkles closed her eyes. Several moments later, after some growls and purrs, a slab measuring 14 by 16 appeared in front of the large cat. That's perfect. Ethan, I need you to do a small cut on your right hand finger. This one? Ethan wiggled his pointy finger. Yes. He pulled his blade from his boot, gently touched his finger to the blade, and at first the cut looked like it wasn't going to bleed. Then an instant later, it flowed freely. Please trace the images. Trace this image on the quartz. It needs to be large. The image appeared in Ethan's mind. He did as he was told and the glyph flashed brightly for a moment and then the whole slab shimmered and seemed to disappear. Ethan reached out and could feel it. Cool. Okay. Place your watch on the quartz now. Ethan followed the instructions. Now for the hard part. Ethan, you need to perform these 12 spells and save the final word for each until I tell you. I have combined each spell into a kata form to make it easier to cast since martial magic seems to flow the easiest through you. The movements appeared in Ethan's mind and most were familiar to him. There was a few he practiced quickly and as he completed each one, Cat would correct subtle mistakes. After 15 minutes, Ethan was ready. Ethan, these need to be done as close to perfect as you can do and as quickly as you can do it. You're going to feel a power flow through you into the surrounding area and there will be resistance that will grow. A kind of gravity and electricity. You'll need to push harder as this happens and no matter what, you cannot stop once you start. Okay, so this is going to suck. Yes, it'll be worth it though. Okay, let's do this. Ethan started his movements, and he vocalized the chants as he was shown, and there was a low hum which came from the quartz slab, and instantly felt, instantly Ethan felt the pressure. It reminded him of when he would dive into the ocean, and the deeper he went, the more pressure he felt. He pushed on, and as he did, hairs on his arms rise and the current flowed through. He noticed the fur on sparkles also started to rise. Sparkles remained silent, said nothing, more out of fear than anything else. She realized he was on a he was on dangerous terrain. The result of him failing could be catastrophic for all of them. This continued for another ten minutes, and sweat was pouring down Ethan's face, and he maintained his concentration, and the current was painful. Tears welled in his eyes, and he pushed forward. He completed each step, and as he neared the final one, his breathing was labored, and his vision was filled with dancing lights. He saw a beautiful woman for the briefest of moments, and he continued to concentrate. And he could see her also performing a spell, almost marrying his movements. He held his breath, pushed the last step, and it was done. The room hummed loudly, and there was an ominous feeling of expectation. Okay, say the words now. I rope a breve infinitum ibilia adhere est facere acric fortis anutroph in omina paratus. There was a brilliant flash and the quartz levitated and exploded. 
All the shards slowed and began to rotate around the watch, and then they each started to dive into the watch's surface. It shimmered and slowly drifted towards Ethan, who slowly grabbed it. It's done. We can add locations to it now. Those will be easier. I can add locations I've been to, and Sparkles can do the same. It is a simple process to do that. I can add the location since I am in physical contact with you and Sparkles can do the same. All we need to do is focus on them while you press the small quartz button on the side. Ethan noticed there was another button on his watch. I know some cool spots that are a bitch to get to, Sparkles said with a grin. Okay, let's test it out for the, for the locations in there. There's four locations, Hawaii, Italy, Utah, and Astral. You can set the frequency by pressing the button and thinking of a time frame. Okay, let's do one minute. Ethan pressed the button. Thought, 60 seconds. The watch hand spun once around and went back to its starting position. It flashed once. Ethan and Sparkles went to the window of the apartment, and as they opened the blinds, they saw the sky shift to night, and Sparkles laughed. It works! Where are we? I think we're in Italy. Sweet! They waited, and as a minute passed, the skyline shifted again. A beautiful ocean opened up before them. Okay, this is Hawaii. Sparkles grinned. This is amazing. I've never been to Hawaii. Yes, it's beautiful. A minute later, they were still in Hawaii, but the view was muted. Interesting. It stayed in the same place, but just slid to the astro, commented Sparkles. Can I stop the countdown? Yes, if you press the course button, it will stay until you press it again. Is there a Utah button? Yes, you just hold the button down and when a watch flashes, you'll return to original location. What happens if I use the watch outside of the sanctum? If you hold the button down and we're not here, it'll port you back to the sanctum. Single pressing the button will do nothing. Rotation spell on the watch requires the sanctum since th they were cast inside of it. Got it. Last question. Is there a way to specify specific locations? Yes. You can focus on the areas you've been to. Double press the buttons. It will only work on the locations you've added. If you want to go to the location Sparkles adds, you'll need to have her focus and be in contact with you and double press. Same with my locations. Ethan nodded. He pressed the button and held it until it flashed and they were back in Utah. That also resets the watch back to normal, so it stops the shifting. Okay, Ethan smiled and took a few deep breaths. Let's add your locations in now so we have more. Sparkles pressed her paw on Ethan and focused her mind. Cat added her locations in as well. How many do we have now? Twenty. That should provide us with another layer of protection if we need it. How many are other dimensions? Ethan asked, satisfied with the effort. Thirteen. No volcanoes? No weird time differential? No. After we've done a few days of testing, we can add. We can then add some random locations into the rotation that we've heard of. Those will add an element of the unknown. Okay, great. Now one more thing. We need an eject spell to kick anyone out we don't want to deal with. Ethan nodded. The other no. Notice the other button on the watch from before. Does the watch still have the time loop on it? The one that nailed Mordecai before? Yes. So this watch is straight James Bond then? Asked Ethan. I'm sorry? James Bond. Spy? A book series and a bunch of movies? Let's see. No, I've never seen any James Bond's movies. Sparkles? 
Yep, seen them all. Who's your favorite Bond? Uh, Roger Moore, especially Moonraker. No way. Either Sean Connery or Jan Daniel Craig. Ethan laughed. I'll have to watch it. Is there only the three movies? No, something like 25 movies. 26, said Sparkles with a nod. I stand corrected. 26 movies. That's a lot, said Cat with a chuckle. So what are we talking about, kids? Ethan spun around and saw Melissa standing behind him in full golden armor, sword sheathed at her hips. Melissa! Ethan said, surprised. Sorry, she disappeared, said Cat. No worries. Ethan was happy to see Melissa. Yep, in the flesh. I see you've been busy. How'd you get in here? This was my place before, you know. I have a few items still here that I used before to get back in case of emergencies. Ethan nodded. Sorry, you just surprised me is all. You told me I'd never see you again. She smiled at him. Chalk it up to a Christmas miracle. Ethan grew suspicious and got serious. You're here because of the card, aren't you? Partly. I'm also here because of you. Ethan felt irritation rise in him. Me. I've been walking a straight and narrow. Yeah, so I've been told. Melissa noticed a large blade on Ethan's back. Nice blade, by the way. You know how to use it? Ethan smiled. Yes. Good, because word is you're going to need it. I was assigned my very first client. Three guesses who it is. Excuse me? Client? Yeah. I'm a full-fledged guardian angel now. You're my first client. I'm good. I don't need help. Things are just fine. Ethan, I tried to help you before all of this. And now here we are again. Are you going to make the same mistake? What do you guys think? Ethan asked. I always liked Melissa. She was a good partner to me. But then I am partial to her. I don't see why we couldn't see what she knows. Perhaps she has some info we don't, suggested Kat. Good point. I apologize. Okay, so what do you know of the card? Not a lot, to be honest. Just stories I've heard, old artifacts. Some say from when there was nothing but darkness. Ideas that formed from the Heavenly Father's mind as he began creating. Ethan's eyebrows rose slightly. Say what? Yeah, exactly. All I know is some very high-ranking angels are all kinds of twisted up over it. What is you guys are trying to get the missing cards back to the Oracle? Ethan nodded. Yeah, she asked if we could do it. She had a bunch of others, and it seemed like it was an easy enough thing to do. Help her get back what was stolen from her before. One question. Why were they stolen in the first place? Ethan shrugged. No idea. I did see one card that was missing that Hitler had in his possession, and we all know how that went down. As far as I know, no one has heard anything bad about the Oracle. Fair enough. That's the same with me. I know very little about the Oracle, other than her gift is pretty precise. Some say the cards she has give her those abilities. Ethan stared at Melissa and shook his head slightly. Damn it, Melissa. What do I do here? I mean, I thought I knew you. I thought I knew Randy. I was doing what you advised me to do, help out, try to be a good guy. Seems like I stumbled into a crap house and now I don't know who to trust. Do you trust the Oracle? She hasn't given me a reason not to trust her. And me? Well, other than pretending to be my girl and then breaking up with me, you've been by far the best ex I've ever had. The council? Well, I'm sure this thing is bugged as well. Ethan pointed to the guidestone. Wow, they gave you that? Ethan nodded. Well, I'm sure it could report things back to them if it wanted to. That's an old artifact as well. I believe there's only three of those in existence. 
would have been using it for guidance when I was training there was a lot of times I needed it it was helpful she nodded and you mentioned Randy we know he's back what are your thoughts on him he was always a cool guy he was there for me a lot I mean hell 20 years and when he came back it wasn't like he tried to attack or anything okay so you're conflicted about your old bestie I get it how about sparkles here she's been awesome very helpful you trust her yeah I suppose I do thanks man says sparkles with a wink no problem how about shades there cat yes cat you trust her we've been through a lot she saved me so many times I don't even know where to begin you don't need to explain anything to her cat said with a tone no I want to see where she's going with this okay Mordecai that was the guy in the car right the council killer yeah what about him Melissa's eyes asked a question and Ethan nodded I trust him to be a soldier I spent years training with him replied Ethan okay so far you seem to have a good handle on how you feel about the people and forces around you did I miss anyone yeah yes we have a bounty hunter named Valk who is part of the team Valk interesting name Funny you should think so. Your timing is actually pretty good. I was asking Sparkles earlier about adding Valk to the list of people allowed in the Sanctum. Since you set it up and Sparkles taught you, could you add her? Why? She has information about my mother. Your mother? Melissa's eyebrow went up in surprise. Yes. How about your father? Ethan snapped his fingers. Crap. What? We saw a bunch of cloaked guys who left a note with us, and in my excitement with the card, it slipped my mind. We can't read it all, but you're an angel. Can you read Enochian? Yes, I can read any language. One of my abilities is a guardian angel. I can also speak all languages. Ethan retrieved a small card and handed it to Melissa. She noted the cut on his finger. How'd you do that? He glanced at it and waved it away. Don't worry, it'll be healed up in a few minutes. I heal fast. She nodded and turned her attention back to the scroll and read it aloud. Ethan, if you're reading this, then you're worthy of meeting me. I am known as... Uh-oh. What? This could be bad. She looked from Ethan back to the scroll. My name is Azazel, and we have much to discuss. There is a transportation glyph at the bottom of this sheet. It will only allow a Nephilim to pass to our location. Anyone else will be destroyed. I look forward to meeting you. Melissa looked nervous. What? Azazel is one of the original watchers I told you about before. He's the one that took the brunt of the punishment from the big guy. So what? You think he might be my father? Melissa threw her hands up and shrugged. Got me, but I don't like the sound of you going there alone. That seems like it could be a trap. He did send those guys to kill you, added Sparkles. Very true. Okay, I'll think about it. We also have some journal information about the card we got. Sparkles, can you share the information with Melissa? Sparkles nodded, closed her eyes. Melissa nodded, and after a few minutes, she stared at Ethan. What, he asked. That spell... I get the general purpose of it, but it doesn't make sense. It's kind of a locator spell, but it also has some weird pieces like breaking boundaries. It's abstract, almost like an old ancient jailbreaking spell. Jailbreak? asked Cat. Location spell, Cat. Think you could work on figuring it out more? The more we know, the better we are able to figure out the usage of the cards as well as how dangerous they are. I'd need the translations from Melissa. Melissa, can you share the translations with me? Melissa nodded, and she motioned and closed her eyes. In Ethan's mind, a text which before was illegible to him shifted into something he could he into something he could read. You see this cat? Yep, I got it. 
I'll work on it. Cool. Ethan nodded and smiled. Thanks for that, Melissa. We'll circle back around and try to figure out what the hell the spell is for. But getting back to Valk, though, I want to know what she found out. Which also reminds me. Guys, we need money. Sparkles grinned. I'm already ahead of you. I conjured up some loot when you guys were doing all the kung fu stuff. It's easy enough for me to do. The Fae have no need for it. and We literally have... We have literally tons of it. You're welcome. It's over there. Ethan saw a large black sack bulging with, it, with its contents. Sparkles, you're awesome. Yeah, she is. Okay, fine. You want me to allow... You want to have allowed Valken to... Valk to enter the sanctum. I can do that, but can I at least stay and see who she is? Ethan didn't see why not. He had shared much with Melissa when they were together, and she knew he always wondered about his mother and father. Fine. Okay, I just need her full, real name. Ethan drew a blank for a moment, and then it started coming back. Oh, uh, Gina Kristoff. Yeah, Gina Kristoff. Okay, one sec. Melissa traced a glyph in the air and Ethan watched closely. Melissa closed her eyes and traced a word in the air. Okay, done. Falk, you hear me? Yes. Okay, we're going to send you a magic GPS on the apartment here. Okay, sounds good. Cat, can you help me with this? Not sure how to share the location. Yep, so first remember the spell we used before to come back here? Yeah. You're going you're gonna to visualize a sanctum. Send her the glyph you made up in your mind. Then the same way you are talking to her, you'll push that glyph to her and invite her. I suggest when she accepts and starts to pull, you pull very, very lightly. You don't want to hurt her. Oh, okay. Ethan thought back when he had brought the gear from his house to the sanctum. Okay, Valk, here goes. Ethan pushed the mental image to Valk and could see her face. She nodded and could feel her mind grab onto the symbol. And she traced it. He gently pulled. A moment... Oh, she traced it. And he gently pulled. A moment later, she was standing before them. She looked around and saw Melissa and noted the sword and armor. Good to see you all. Who's our new friend? Old friend, actually, said Ethan. It's his ex-girlfriend, said Sparkles. You dated an angel? Yeah, I didn't know she was an angel at the time. Never mind that. You found my mother? Falk nodded. Okay, you might want to sit down for this. Why? That bad? No, I wouldn't use the word bad. What word would you use? Interesting. Okay, look, I'm just going to come out and say it. Your mother's a goddess. A what? A goddess, as in mythology, female version of a god. Okay, I'm confused now. I thought the whole god, angels, demons, etc. Ethan pointed at Melissa. It's just that stuff. You're telling me there are, are other gods? Yes. So what the hell does that make me? A Nephilim god? She hates that word. Appreciate it if you didn't refer to yourself as a Nephilim. Okay. What am I then? A demigod. What? Yeah, you know, like Greek legends like Perseus, Hercules, said Sparkles. What? Come on, guys. I was just getting used to Nephilim. So what does that mean? I don't know. She didn't explain that to me. But she did want you to have this. Falk handed the ring to Ethan. He examined it, tilted it, and tilted his head slightly. What do I do with it? I assume put it on? Your mother said it would explain a lot of things to you? He slid the ring on his right hand. 
on his ring finger. And the dragon snaked onto his finger. And it dove into his skin. And he was about to scream, expecting it to be followed by gushing blood and pain. But instead, it filled him with a deep, powerful wave of warmth and love. The ring disappeared. And the tail appeared on his ring finger as a tattoo. And it snaked up and wrapped around his arm. He pulled his sleeve back. The dragon continued to materialize as a deep tattoo that wrapped all the way up his arm. The tail closed around his finger, making a ring-linked loop around it. My son, I love you and always will be with you. Ethan's heart was filled with so much ache that he sobbed hard and dropped to his knees. Everyone was stunned, watched, with no one breathing. A few moments passed and Ethan wiped the tears away from his eyes. She loves me. He said finally. Yeah, I gathered that, said Valk warmly. I know it now. There's more. I know who your father is. You do? said Sparkles, Ethan, and Melissa in unison. Yeah, a watcher by the name of Azazel. The room grew silent. The tension in the air was almost tangible. That got awkward quick, said Sparkles. I got an invite to meet with him. Well, according to your mother, he and she had quite the sizzling affair, and when you were born, he brought you to America to keep an eye on you. That doesn't make any sense. Why? The note he sent didn't seem like a letter a father would send to his son. Not that I know Jack Gidley about being a father. What note? Melissa read it to her. Melissa, oh, Melissa, read it to her. Melissa read the note and Valk nodded. It does seem pretty cold. Melissa, question for you. Do angels have formal protocol hide their emotions? Ah, uh, I see where you're going with this. Are angels like Vulcans? Interjected Sparkles. The OG angels do seem to have a stuffy standoffish vibe to them. So maybe he didn't want to freak you out and wanted to tell you face to face? I'm nervous about this, Ethan. It doesn't feel safe. The other thing I need you to know is... It's not wise to bring me if you decide to go. The portal would most likely transport me somewhere else. I'd be on my own? Ethan had been with Cat most of the time since he had come in contact with her and couldn't imagine a world where Cat wasn't part of him. Yes. The watchers were banned from magic, correct? asked Ethan. They were stripped of their ability to create magic, but they can still use enchantments, said Melissa. So if I go and it's a trap, all bad. If I go and have a family reunion, then good? The room again grew silent. Come on, guys. I'm freaking out here. I don't know what to do. I don't think you should go, said Cat. I agree with Cat. Seems risky. Too risky just to find out you already know, said Sparkles. Ethan nodded. He was curious why Zazel had allowed himself to lose track of Ethan. Melissa nodded. I agree. The Watchers are a bad lot. I'd stay as far away from them as possible. Valk shrugged. Man, it's your decision. I'm not chiming in on it. Ethan nodded. Hey, Valk, the money I promised you is over there in the black bag. Actually, it's a lot more money than you promised her. Well-deserved tip, Ethan said sternly. I think I'll pass on the Who's My Daddy show and focus on the issues at hand, Valk. I'd like to ask your opinion on something. Go for it. We found one of the four cards the Oracle sent us out for. Cool. Yeah, it turns out, not so cool. 
We lifted the judgment card off of my old friend Randy, who happens to be a demon. Looks like Heaven is also interested in it, Ethan pointed at Melissa, which is why I now have my very own guardian angel, who happens to be her ex. That's not awkward at all. No offense. Melissa raised her hands. None taken. I agree on the awkward part. The Oracle knows I have the card since she sent us a, mes sent us a message. Ethan pointed to the pizza box, which was still open. She sent you a pizza? Asked Valk as she examined the box. A damn good pie, I might add, chimed in Sparkles. Yeah, she congratulated us and is expecting us. So what's the problem? What if there's a reason the cards were taken in the first place? Seems like they were spread out in different places. Also, why can't she get them herself? Why does she need me? I'm nervous since I'm learning these cards are very powerful, much more than she let on. The whole, we can't let the mortals have it. What about immortals who might be after it? You got a plan? Valka asked as she looked back at Ethan, giving him her full attention. What if we tuck them away somewhere safe until we get a better understanding of who or what we're dealing with? Doesn't matter to me. I'm just along for the ride until I can see where you and Savage cross paths. The Oracle said, as I help you, I'll find what I'm looking for. What about you, Melissa? Look, I was told first and foremost to watch after you, but also to make sure the cards don't end up in hell. If you want to stash them here or somewhere you think is safe, makes no difference to me. I think we should keep them here, since it's impossible for anyone to get in here once the sanctum is rotating, said Kat with a suspicious tone in her voice. Okay. I got a plan. Melissa, would you take Valk to the diner at the corner where, while I think for a bit? Sure thing. Are you trying to figure out a good hiding spot? Don't forget, I read you like a book. You hungry, Valk? I'm hungry, said Sparkles. I'll go. Keep an eye on him. Plus, I really am hungry, said Sparkles with a sly glance and a tummy rub. You ate damn near a whole pizza a little bit ago. We have fast metabolisms said Sparkles defensively. Valk nodded at Melissa, and as she headed for the front door, her form shifted, and she was again in the form of Venus. Nice trick. Check this out. Melissa's form transformed too, and she resembled how Ethan had recalled her from the time they spent together. Why so plain? asked Valk. Easier to fit in, slide under the radar. Sparkles chuckled. Oh yeah, check this out. She mumbled some growls, and her form shifted to a small baby. Sparkles hungry! She said adorably. Melissa picked up Sparkles and smiled. Okay, let's get some food. See you shortly. She said back towards Ethan. He nodded, and then they were gone. Okay, we need to modify the house spell slightly. In what way? I know holding the button down will get us back here to the sanctum, but I also want to put the house on rotate, but be able to call it back so we can enter it. The sanctum will have to be on the same plane for us to pour it into it. If it's on the outer planes... We won't be able to port to it. Okay, what if we set a random timer to one second? Sooner or later, we'd connect. Yes, but what if it takes longer than a few seconds? What if it's an emergency? Ethan nodded. I see your point. What if we instead put the card on random and it returns to you? How? The same way we did for Sanctum, but instead, we do it to the card and set it to various locations and set the jump time to... 0 0.005 seconds per jump. If you signal the card, it stops in here, in the sanctum. Do we need to do all the crazy prep we did before? 
No, the watch is already prepped. We just need to cast a modified port spell on the card. Could we do this on multiple items? You mean other cards? Yes. Yes, we can. Okay, let's do this. Also, I figured out the expulsion spell. Best part is you only need to have physical contact with the person you wish to push out. So when used in martial combat, you'll hit with three moves and a trigger word like this. The spell worked its way into Ethan's mind and he nodded. Okay, I got it now. Let's get working on the hard stuff. Alright. Let's see. Oh, these are big chapters. I think we got one more we could probably get in here. Chapter 23, The Lovers. Utah Sanctum, 2.10 p.m., April 7th. Falcon Sparkles followed Melissa out of the apartment down the street where she pointed to an older-looking brown building with, fade, with a faded sign out front that read Donna's Diner in a light bluish color. Oh, hang on here. Oh, yeah. Um, the food is great, but do not drink the water. It's from the tap. Falk nodded and laughed. I never drink the water, even if it's bottled. Too much mind control floating around, plus I don't have any purification spells or trinkets on me. Sparkled sighed. Remember we didn't have to worry about that crap? They nodded and entered the diner. They saw there was a couple in front of them waiting for service, and half the establishment was empty. Three waitresses walked around as if they had all the time in the world. A young man peeked around a corner, and a small bell rang as as the three had entered. He made eye contact and then disappeared again. There was at least 20 tables open and only about seven families eating in a quiet diner. Five minutes passed and the three began to get irritated. The couple in front of them who had been waiting when they first entered groaned in frustration and left. Val shook her head. You just lost money. You're about to lose more if we're not seated in the next 30 seconds. The man who had made eye contact earlier came running quickly. He looked Valk up and down and was immediately smitten. He had never seen such a beautiful woman before. I'm sorry, he said. Two and a baby, said Valk. Three, we have someone meeting us soon, corrected Melissa and Valk nodded. Okay, w will a booth be fine? Yes, that will be lovely. He led them to a spacious booth. And they slid in and retrieved a booster seat, which Sparkles hopped in. He handed Valk and Melissa menus and wandered off frequently looking back. I love your look. I imagine you get a lot of attention from the men. Valk nodded. Yeah, they love Venus. Kind of sad, really. Melissa nodded and understood exactly what Valk meant. What's good here, Melissa? I don't think I've eaten here before, asked Sparkles as she examined the menu. Melissa shook her head. No, this was Ethan's place. He liked it. He'd get a chicken fried steak every time. He's predictable, if nothing else. Total creature of habit. He would order that, three eggs over easy, and coffee. Always had to have coffee. And you? asked Valk. What do you like here? I tried everything. Nothing jumped out at me as delicious. How was the chicken fried steak? It was chicken fried steak. It was decent. Valk nodded as she scanned the menu. Do they have fish and chips? Looks like this place would have fish and chips, asked Sparkles. Yes, they do, said Melissa. Sparkles smiled. Then the baby will have fish and chips, extra hot sauce. Make sure it's crispy. I hate soggy fish and chips. A plump, burned-out waitress wandered over and smiled softly. Do you folks need more time? I think we're ready, right? said Valk. Melissa nodded. 
Okay, I'll have chicken fried steak, three eggs over easy, and three strips of bacon. We do the bacon in sets of two. Okay, four strips of bacon. Drink, orange juice, and coffee. The waitress nodded. Baby will have fish and chips. Please make sure to fry them really crispy. Really crispy. We'll need some hot sauce. And what does baby want to drink? Asked Melissa to Sparkles. Coke. The waitress looked shocked. Hot sauce? Coke? Super crispy? She repeated slowly to make sure she understood the order. Yes. Melissa chuckled. Trust us. Baby can handle it. Okay, and you? I have the eggs benedict. Heavy on the sauce. English muffin on the side. As well as honey. Drink. Orange juice, please. Waitress read back the order, then walked off. Sparkles grinned. I'm so hungry. I hope it's nice and crispy. They looked around the diner and noticed many of the booths were silent as the people were all using their smartphones, either posting pictures of their food or taking selfies and checking into their favorite social profiles. I hate that, commented Sparkles. What's that? The normals. They spent so much of their time on those stupid machines when a real magic of their relationships are right there in front of them. Does anyone really care how your food looks? It's the way things are now. Things change, commented Valk. I suppose you're right. Still silly if you ask me. You know, I once saw a group of kids texting each other and they were all sitting at the same damn table. Valk cleared her throat and nodded at Sparkles. What? You know that guy across the street walking this way? Sparkles turned and looked and saw it was Randy. Yeah, that's the demon I jacked card from. This should be fun. Randy walked in, scanned a room, saw the table we were sitting at. He recognized Melissa and smiled. Hey, beautiful. Where's our boy at? He said loudly. Hey, Randy. He's not here right now. What can I do for you? His pet took something that didn't belong to it, and I need a word with him. Randy looked at Sparkles and paused. Nice get-up, cat. I can still smell you, though. Likewise, you smell like a few bottles of rum and some stale blood. Have a hard day? You could say that. Mind if I join you? Valk slid in closer to Sparkles and was in physical contact with her. Melissa noticed, slid in closer as well, so she was also touching Sparkles. Randy sat down and opened his hands, showing he was not armed, and put his arms on the booth. As he did, his jacket opened to reveal the pistol. They all noticed it, and he turned red. Sorry, wasn't trying to send a message there. I was just stretching my arms. Honest. Listen, I don't, I don't care about the damn card. Lucifer's pissed at me for losing it, but when I told him who Ethan's father was, he was pretty damn pleased with me. So I know Ethan had has had some daddy issues over the years, but when he hears who his daddy might be, it's going to change everything for him. It's Azazel, Valk said with a small grin. Randy's mouth opened, and he stared at the three of them. Then he thought back to the arrow. It was on the note? On the arrow? What'd it say? Hey, kiddo, it's me, your long lost daddy. Hope, your long lost daddy. Hope to be, I happen to be the leader of the Watchers. I found out from his mother, said Valk, watching Randy's reaction closely. His mother? Randy stared at Valk and looked her up and down. Ah, you're much more than you seem, aren't you, hot stuff? Yep. His mom, huh? She's alive. Yes. That's odd. When I was assigned to Ethan, I asked about family. Only thing they knew was a, he was a, only thing they knew was she was a pure blood. Father was a watcher. No other information. 
Well, I found additional information and met with the mother, who told us who the father was. I see. Well, I grabbed one goon. I grabbed one of the goons. I grabbed the one goons. Oh. Well, I grabbed the one goon Ethan had beat on and interrogated him since I knew I was screwed losing the damn card to Kitty there. I told Lucer about getting jacked and then do the reveal with the information I got during the interrogation. Lucifer's all impressed and stuff. Gives me new orders. Tells me I'm supposed to protect Ethan now. I'm like, wait, what? You aren't going to obliterate me for losing the card? And he's all, if Azazio's his father, I want Ethan protected. So here I am, ready to serve and protect, as they say. Wait a sec. Melissa, why are you here? I thought you guys broke up. We did. It seems heaven and hell both are interested in Ethan's well-being. Why do you think that is? For heaven, to be blunt, they want to make sure the card you lost, as well as, the, as, well as other cards, don't end up in hell. They're terrified that Lucifer might do something with them, answered Melissa. Makes sense. He's a sly one. So I'm sure Ethan isn't going to want to talk to me, all things considered. But you can tell him if he does see me around, I'm not trying to kill him or anything like that. I'll be looking out for him. Yeah, you can try to help, but Ethan is a badass, Sparkle said simply. I saw, but still, everyone needs help from time to time. And I might be able to offer help when he needs it. Here's my number. Randy pulled out a pen, jotted a number down on a napkin. He stood up put his pen away and gently set the napkin down on the table. You guys enjoy your meals. See you around. Randy walked out of the restaurant, headed down the street in the opposite direction of the sanctum. Ethan, your old friend Randy just stopped by. Ethan, sorry Sparkles, he's almost done. He'll respond in a few moments. Oh, okay. Doc grabbed the napkin with Val, uh, Randy's phone number on it and examined it. The waitress returned with the drinks. A few minutes later, she arrived with the food. When the food arrived, Valk handed the napkin to Melissa, who folded it up and put it in her pocket. We're on our way, said Kat finally. They're on their way, Sparkles announced. Valk nodded, started eating. Melissa, oh, Valk nodded and started eating. Melissa said a silent prayer, and then she also began to eat. Sparkles waited and examined a golden fried food in front of her in front of her, steam rising off of it. Valk noticed. What's up? Nothing. It's just too hot. We can see heat. And it's bright. So I'm waiting. So I don't get so I don't burn myself. Gotcha. Lights in the diner flickered for a moment, and Sparkle smiled. Oh, this just gets better and better. What? I think Mordecai is near. Why would you say that? Suddenly all the people who were lost on their phones started comp complaining and looking around. That's why. Ethan walked in and there was no chime on the door as he did. He saw Melissa and walked over and slid into the booth. Sorry about that. What? Melissa was looking beyond him and turned to see Mordecai barely able to stand. Uh, he was bloodied and his clothes hung on him shredded as steam and smoke rose off of his beaten form. He collapsed. Ethan ran over, over to him and lifted him up. What the hell? What happened? cried Ethan. I tried to retrieve card. Mordecai groaned in pain. Card? Lover's card. Where? Here. Mordecai reached up, touched Ethan's forehead, and the images poured in. Memories of the encounter flooded in, and Ethan knew where the cards were. Hang in there. 
Ethan said to Mordecai as he slumped in his arms. Melissa walked up, placed her hands on his head, and it glowed brightly. And Mordecai's breathing stabilized slightly. He'll live, but there's nothing, nothing I can do. His injuries are magical and severe. Whatever did this to him was powerful, she said. Melissa saw Mordecai's blade on his back with pieces missing from it. The pommel was beaten and bent. Cat, does the count does council have something uh does the council have something for situations like this? asked Ethan. Yes, I'll reach out to them now. So he stabilized as Ethan panicked. Yes, I know where the next card is. It seems the different groups are trying to get their hands on him now. The council has a location ready for him. Look on his left hand, there should be a ring there. Ethan examined Mordecai's hand, and blood was spurting out from his index finger to his wrist bone. There was... Uh, oh, he was a mangled mess. He's missing fingers here. There's no ring. Ethan's fear and anger rose. Oh, okay, on the sword near the top of the sheath where the blade extends, do you see a gem? Yeah, lay him gently on his side and press that. Okay. Ethan placed Mordecai on the ground and pressed the gem. It glowed for a moment, and then a, br a brilliant flash filled the diner. Suddenly, the lights turned back on, and people started raising their phones. I got this. Melissa raised her hands up and simply said, Sleep and dream. Everyone within earshot slowly laid down and fell asleep. What the hell could have done that to Mordecai? Ethan asked with a tone mixed with rage and confusion. He had trained with Mordecai and faced many horrible tasks and his friend had never been injured more than broken bones or slightly bloodied up. I'm not sure. Are you okay? Asked Kat, sensing the volatile mixture of emotions boiling up in Ethan. I'm pissed. Take a breath. Mordecai will be fine. Remember your training. Ethan nodded. Took a breath. I'm good. Well, that's interesting. Shall we take our food to go? Asked Valk. Ethan's stomach grumbled. You need to eat. You've, you're already taxed from all the spell work earlier. Damn it. I was looking forward to eating, he shrugged. And frustration was also added to the multitude of emotions in him. You can eat mine, said Valk, pointing at her plate where there was a few bites missing. Ethan noted what it was. Hey, that's what I was going to order. Ethan said, surprised, his mood softening a bit. No kidding. He smiled and walked over and grabbed Valk's plate and fork and started eating as he headed out the diner, knowing it'd be a while before eating out again. Sparkles motioned, and her plate floated near her as she got up. Melissa took a big gulp of orange juice and swallowed. Valk took out two of the gold coins and motioned over them, flipped them towards the table. They landed and shifted into dollars. She imagined the bill would have been close to 50, and she had left 500. She took a sip of her coffee and smiled. Good coffee. I think I know why Ethan likes it here. She checked the booth quickly and then walked to the front of the entrance. As she did, she made a glyph on each of the phones, which were out and visible. They glowed brightly and then fizzled out. She did her she did her pass around the entrance around a restaurant and when she got to the entrance noted the video cameras and shook her head she made a small glyph with her right and touched the power cable running to the camera and smiled as she heard a faint pop from the back room which she knew was the computer which had held the surveillance footage she smiled and walked outside and caught up to the group sorry had to make sure none of the normals would cause issues for us later i took out the electronics and phones good Maybe they'll spend more real time together instead of texting and social crap, said Sparkles. They walked to the front of the apartment. Sparkles began to loudly giggle. Everyone turned to face her. What? 
She took a single bite of fish and it crunched loudly. Oh my furry feet, this is amazing. They know how to super fry a damn fish. We're going back there again, Ethan. Ethan nodded as he took another bite of his chicken fried steak with mashed potatoes and gravy. No problem. He wolfed down the remainder of the plate and they took the stairs to the third floor. Melissa noted how quickly he was eating. You starving or something? Yeah, not sure when we'll have time to eat again, so making sure I chow now. We're going to head to the location and grab the lover's card. We are? She asked, surprised. Yep. You think that's a good idea? Why not? Your friend was counsel, and from his injuries, I saw he's lucky to be alive. Is he a good fighter? Yeah, he's very good. And you're not concerned? I am, but I have a couple of ace cards up my sleeves. Yeah? Yep, I have my own guardian angel. I have a pretty talented fake hat. I'm pretty good in a fight. How about it, Valk? Want to come along? The oracle said I'd find what I was looking for by helping you, so yeah, count me in. And I have a solid bounty hunter supernatural investigator as well. Where Mordecai was one, we are four. Melissa frowned. I think this is foolhardy and reckless. We do not know what we're up against. Well, we kind of do. I got some of what Mordecai faced as he shared the location. Ethan opened the apartment and they all entered. Melissa, where do you keep your hot sauce? Asked Sparkled intently. I had it in the fridge. Yeah, it's there. I saw it earlier, said Ethan as he faced Melissa. Cool. So what did you see from Mordecai's encounter, asked Melissa, concerned. A, a fire-breathing lioness, it looked like, and some other stuff, too, that moved too quickly. Looked like maybe three things. Sparkle dumped on the excessive amount of hot sauce on her fish and grinned as she started attacking it. I think I saw what looked like a goat, maybe a snake, Ethan elaborated. It's a chimua, Sparkle said with her mouth full. A what? Sorry, a chimera. She says a chimera, or a chimera said Ethan. Those are real? asked Melissa. Rare, but yeah, they're real. Real dangerous, said Valk. You know about them? asked Melissa. Yeah, they are powerful guardians. The stories about them are kind of watered down. They're fast, quiet, and sneaky. My dad told me a story of a bounty he was after that had one as a pet. Nearly died on that one. Good pay, though. Any tricks or strategies know when fighting them? asked Ethan. Nope, just be faster alert and accurate when you go for kill shots. It has a body of a goat and has normal organs. The skin is hard though. You'll have to make sure whatever you you use can penetrate deep. Ethan nodded. Uh, a feral can handle that. She's handled dragon scale. Ethan pulled free his blade which was hidden and it glowed a dull blue when he re revealed it. Valk smiled. Nice. I assume you completed your training. You seem much more confident now than we were at the Oracle's place. Yeah, ten years of training can do that for you. She nodded, understanding what he referred to. Council training can be brutal. Who'd you train under? Master Zhao primarily, but Master Yan Wang liked to beat on me often. Wait, you trained under Zhao? Ethan nodded. Mordecai said Council wanted to make sure I was trained well. Zhao is very well known. My master's master was trained by him over a hundred years ago. And Yan Wang is a nickname is nicknamed Master Death since many of his students die. So yeah, just surviving the training alone means you're capable. Thanks. They were hard, and it was a bit extreme, but after the first six months, things became kind of routine. I wouldn't say that, said Cat. Routine is not the right word. Ethan shrugged. Okay, when you do your strikes, you make sure you don't miss, and do not be in front of it. You need to evade and hit from the side or back. 
From the rear, the only thing you'll deal with is a serpent, said Valk. Like a snake? Yeah, mostly. Just make sure you keep moving, because if it lands a bite, you're going to be out of the fight. Understood, Ethan nodded. Any of those sound familiar, Cat? Yes, the Crimson Serpent. Exactly. Try not to get bit this time. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, folks, get some rest. Hit the head or whatever you need to do. The spell prep's going to take about 45 minutes to load up everything and refocus my chi, so I'm in fighting form. Valk nodded, laid down on a large pillow. Sparkle shifted back to her normal form and cleaned up after herself and found a pillow near Valk, and instantly she was snoring softly. Melissa watched and was envious. What's up? asked Ethan as he noted her frown. Nothing. I miss sleep sometimes. Ethan nodded. Do you need to check in with your home office or anything? She shook her head. No. I have freedom to make choices of my own since I'm a guardian now. Cool. Ethan began loading up all the combat spells he normally would use for combat training. He also created a return, return port to the sanctum and three expulsion spells to force people out of the sanctum if it came to that. He wasn't sure if he fully trusted Melissa and he agreed with Sparkles that he had just met Valk and he wanted to be on the safe side. Ethan began his martial magic and as he did the actions, Melissa was mesmerized by his movements. They were fluid. She could see power currents flowing into and through him. It was beautiful, and she was impressed. A lot had changed, and she realized he was indeed very powerful, and it made her nervous. She had seen some of the senior angels training, and they were unable to harness the amount of power that Ethan was manipulating easily. As she focused on him and tried to measure the power he harnessed, she realized the only other person she had ever seen move as quickly as Ethan was Raphael. She wagered Ethan was as fast, and the movements seemed more focused and deliberate. She wondered who would win in a duel. Time flowed quickly, and Melissa never looked away. Finally, Ethan brought his hands together, and that move pulled the energy which had been flowing around him into a small ball which he captured in his right hand. Melissa sensed the time was 44 minutes and 45 seconds. You said it'd take you 45 minutes. He smiled. No. I said it would take me about 45 minutes. She nodded. True. You did say that. I'm impressed. Thanks, I guess. Hang on one second. My eyes are blurring on me a little bit. Let's see here. Are we getting close? Crap. Well, we'll see. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, during your training, you did a lot, huh? He nodded. Sparkles, Valk, it's time, he called out. Valk sat up, took a single breath, and rose with purpose. Sparkles opened one eye and then the other and yawned. Man, I needed that nap. We have everything ready. We have everything ready, asked Ethan with a stern tone in his voice. Yes, said Valk. Yep, said Sparkles. I am ready, said Melissa. Here we go. Ethan motioned with his right hand and said, Portalis. A portal opened and they could see a dark cavern with magma flowing on either side. I figured it might be something like that as well, said Ethan. Soothing, he said as he marked each of the party. This will protect us from the heat, but not fire. Make sure you keep your eyes open when we pass through. He walked into the portal, and even with the protective spell, he could feel the oppressive heat. I wonder if this is hell, asked Sparkles. Melissa shook her head. No, this is on the earth, and in hell, magic doesn't protect you. Good to know. Ethan, this is a bad idea, said Cat sternly. Why? These heat waves are blocking my ability to, be see, to see infravision. 
There is also something here blocking my other detection abilities. We knew this wouldn't be easy. Listen up, guys, Ethan said softly. Cat can't see anything, and there's stuff blocking her detection ability. That doesn't hop happen very often, so we need to be extra careful. Sparkles, see if you can shift to the astro like you did before and see the card. Okay, be right back. Sparkles began to shift, and then she popped right back. We need to go now. Why? Not one chimera, but four of them. And they haven't seen us yet. They are all around the card. You could see them clearly in the astro? Yes. Can you communicate from there? Yes, you can. I'll hear her, said Cat. And you can relay what she says? Asked Ethan. Yes. <clears throat> Hang on, guys. My eyes are bugging out hard here. hard for me to read right now for some reason um, okay we can do this here's a plan Melissa do you have anything with range I have a bow Valk I have this Ethan nearly laughed when she revealed a modified Barrett model 82 a1 50 uh, 50 cal BMG do I even want to know where you had that stashed she winked at him Okay, so Sparkles can see them in the Astro. I'm going to work in conjunction with Cat, and I, as I hit each of the Chimeras, uh, aim for where you see the impact. I'm hoping as we engage them, they will materialize. Just do me one favor, and please don't hit me, he grinned. Melissa couldn't recall a time in a relationship when she witnessed such an energetic, sincere smile. You got it. I don't miss, said Valk. Ethan traced a glyph on his chest and said, it's butt-kicking time. Armor plating slid down over each part of his body and vanished, but left a slight shimmer over the surface. That's cool, said Melissa. Alright, I'm going to have to end it right there, guys. Uh, just for the simple fact that um, my eyes are wigging out on me. They're just like, I can't even like read the chat very well. So we'll jump back on this next week. Um and continue from there but uh looks like they're about to get down and have some serious combat but uh that is going to be it um i cannot believe i can't it's so blurry right now i wonder i, I might be having my uh one of those super migraines right now sometimes i get super migraine and uh my eyes start to wig out and i can't i can't read very well like it starts to Anyway, I feel like Von Dom right now. Ooh. Anyway, it's, that's it. All right, so we will again do this next week. Um, hope you guys are enjoying the story so far. Uh, it's funny, going through and reading it, there's there's several places that I think um, I'm going to be doing revisions. I think there's going to be like a, uh, a final, final version of this at some point. Um, and then uh, maybe like a all three stories in one book after the fact or something i don't know we'll figure something out but that's it for now i will see you guys next week thank you very much be safe and be good and all that other fun stuff and uh hopefully next week will be a good one right let's keep our fingers crossed try to be positive and we'll see what's what all right guys later